From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. Today I'm here with co-host Elise Daly-Parker, life coach, writer, speaker, and Kimberly Coyle, writer, mother, and gypsy at heart. And I'm Kimberly Amici, writer, designer, and community builder. In this episode, we'll be talking about Sabbath and why it's important and how we can make space for it in our busy culture. We start off every episode with an In Your Words question. Today's question is, what have you always wanted to do but never had time for? Kimberly, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, I actually did not have to think about this at all. Usually I always, these kind of questions, I have a, you know, a million things. But I knew immediately. Um, one thing I would love to do is I would love to take a dance class. Mm. I don't know specifically what kind of dance, but I always, as a kid, wanted to take dance classes, and it just, my parents, it never worked out, Um, and it's something I've always wanted to do, and whenever I see dancers um, live or on TV, it literally brings me to tears, because I want to know what it's like to be able to express myself in that way, so um, that's what I would do if I had time and money and um, actually a place to go to do that as a 41-year-old woman. <laughs> what about you, Elise? Well, I love that answer, Kimberly. That is awesome. Um, I, th- I really think the answer is I've always wanted to be more restful, to have a more restful life, to do things that I consider to be rest, and they include things like I have a hammock in my backyard. I've had one for years. I maybe get on it five minutes a summer, and I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. Um, I have stacks of books that I want to read, and I think of that as sort of a restful activity. I never take the time for it. So I am a goer, and I've always got the list of things to do, and I'm always doing it, so it's very hard for me to take a step back, slow down, and rest. Um, kind of similar to what you said, Kimberly. I have always wanted to play volleyball. I played volleyball in high school and I played before my kids were born when I lived in the city with my husband. We were on a league, um, which was fun. And I think I've been talking about getting back to it for at least six or seven years. There's a local um, community program that has teams and has workshops that you can go and freshen up your skills. And I have not signed up for it yet. That sounds awesome. I love that idea. It sounds so fun. Yeah, it does. Especially yeah. if you could do it with your husband. Yeah. Which I don't know if you could, but Why not? <laughs> I brought it up a few times. I think he I think he thinks it's a great idea. But there's the typical hesitations. Well, we have to get a babysitter and I don't know if I can get home every Tuesday at the same time. Mm-hmm. And but we've made space to do and host community groups at our church. So we've made that happen. So I think we could make this happen if we really tried. Yeah, I think so too. It sounds we'll awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking about rest, Elise, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something we all know about. Uh, it's mentioned in the Bible. But I think there aren't many of us that actually observe a Sabbath or take a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Elise, why don't you tell us what the Bible says about Sabbath? Okay. Well, we start out pretty early in Genesis 2-3, where the scriptures say, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So right there, we start with um, God taking rest, which is a pretty good model. <laughs> 
And then a little bit about what that means for us is in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So those are pretty clear words about what we're supposed to be doing on that seventh day. Okay, so does that description make any of you anxious? <laughs> Clearly, I since mean, I can't rest no matter what. That's intense. <laughs> it's very intense. It's like... It just doesn't seem possible in oh. this day and age to actually take a full day and do nothing. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. You know, I, I agree. And I'm a little bit older than you guys, as we I think we've established. And um, I have to tell you, though, um, we did experience this as kids. Um, we were... Okay, so we were a family of five kids, and... You know, every Sunday morning, my mom and dad would pack us up in the car and we'd go to church. And then after church, pretty much everything was closed, except you could go to a bakery and get a few baked goods for the morning. And you could go to a stationery store to get the newspaper. So we would go to Sam's stationery store and um, my father would inevitably go into the store. We'd be in the car waiting, which you would never do that today, but we did. Five of us jumping up and down in the car. And he would come out with his big newspaper, huge New York Times. And always we'd say, what did, Daddy, Daddy, did you get us anything? And behind his back, he would always have some kind of candy for us to share, which, again, back in those days, bags of candy were huge. But that was the beginning of our Sabbath. And honestly, we kept it almost every weekend. And my father had a very high-powered job. But it was a day for the afternoon, spending in the afternoon, having a barbecue, maybe visiting some relatives out in Queens. That is how we spent our Sundays when I was quite young. Mm-hmm. So. so when we lived in Switzerland, um, it was interesting because it was kind of a throwback to what I assume America used to be like even before I was a kid. Um, everything was closed on Sunday. Absolutely everything. There was nowhere to go, nothing to do. You either went outside and enjoyed nature or you spent time with your family. And it really was culturally um, considered a family day. And every Sunday, you would see the Swiss out um, barbecuing or um, going on hikes or just spending time in their gardens together as a family. And you really had to prepare because the stores, you you couldn't even go to the grocery store. So um, I would always, it took me quite, quite a few months to remember by Saturday night, if I hadn't done my shopping, we would have no milk on Sunday morning. So, um, however, it was a forced Sabbath for us, and it was absolutely wonderful. It was so life-giving. And um, and since we've moved back to the States, which was, I guess, nearly, I don't know, perhaps three or four years ago, I, I've almost completely forgotten that that was a part of our life mm-hmm. because it's so far into our experience here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember growing up, we went to church every week, my mom and me and my brother, and my dad didn't go, but he was home, and every time we'd come home, he'd have dinner waiting for us. So Sunday dinner and Sunday church was a thing. I don't really remember 
much about the rest of the day. I it was just for a lazy day mm-hmm. is really what mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. I remember um, no phone calls about baseball, which was what my parents were very, very involved with in volunteering in town. So there was no calls. Like, we didn't pick up the phone unless it was grandma, right? We knew grandma was going to call every Sunday. And my dad never worked on the weekends, so it was never there was never an overlap there that, that we had to guard. But there were boundaries. But at the same time, I don't remember us talking about Sabbath. I don't remember it being a thing. It kind of just happened. I think it was just the day of the week that there was nothing going on. No school, all the activities were on Saturday, and it just was kind of a, like I said, a lazy day. It was a day, it was a day off. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny to remember that now, but... Um, yeah, it really was. Absolutely. We ran around in the backyard. Maybe if we did any work, it would be something like rake the leaves. Seriously. Yeah. Nothing, nothing laborious. Um, I remember, too, you, you mentioned the dinner... Oftentimes, we'd come home to a bacon and egg. My father would prepare a bacon and egg breakfast. I mean, like, pounds of well-done bacon, which was our thing. And scrambled eggs and, you know. Yeah, so it it was wonderful. I loved it. I have very, very fond memories of that. Well, Kimberly, as a pastor's kid, what did, when did you do Sabbath? How did you, what did that look like? What did Sundays look like for you? It's funny. Um, we didn't have a Sabbath. Basically, I mean, my dad, my dad took Fridays off. Um, so that was his day off and his Sabbath. But by Saturday midday, he was already in, you know, he was already preparing for Sunday morning. Sunday morning was completely filled up with church stuff. And by Sunday afternoon, we were quiet and pretty much had nothing to do. But by then, I mean, it was just basically the afternoon and evening, um, so I, it never really occurred to me that that was sort of a Sabbath because my dad was working most of the day. And so with my mom being pastor's wife, um, you know, they were on, they were on duty for most, most of the day. So I never, I don't really remember experiencing that as a kid. And, um, it's curious now that I'm thinking about you guys and your experiences, like when did you notice a shift in your life where you stopped observing that Sabbath? That's a great question. Um, Probably when I had kids. Yeah, I would say it was earlier earlier than that for me. I would say um, when we were, honestly, when we made the shift from, it was a move that I would say marked it. We lived in, I don't know if it makes any difference, Scotch Plains, New Jersey, to Montclair, New Jersey. And I don't think that's literally what happened, but I think we all got older, we got busier, that is when activities started more. Uh, but you still did not have sports on, on Sunday. Kids' mm-hmm. sports did not happen on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's absolutely a shift in our religious culture because we did not have a population, for example, of Jewish people who were shifting that Sunday to Saturday because their Sabbath is Friday to Saturday, right? So um, I very clearly remember, actually, a big shift with my kids' soccer games, though. I do remember that because we fought it at first. When we started having, they started scheduling games at 10 and 11 o'clock on Sundays, we were like, no, this is our this is our Sabbath. This is when we go to church. We will not be at any games before 12 o'clock. So that was our rule for as long as I can remember. But yeah, slowly but surely, things changed mm-hmm. hugely. And now um, our Sabbath is... is pretty much gone and 
we've tried a few times to do something about that. Um, I mean, we certainly do try to have Sunday mass with our family and then come back home for some sort of a, a little meal, even if it's bagels, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, the whole day being off, that's long gone, mm -hmm. long gone. I'd say for me, that would be um, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. that I remember it first shifting. I think my, my shift definitely came when I had kids because when it was just me and my husband, weekends were just nothing. Like, we could do whatever we want. We could go to a, you know, we lived in Manhattan. We could go to a street fair. We could go out go to lunch after church. There was no reason to be home. Um, so it was, it was wonderful. And it's like one of those things you don't want to know how wonderful it is until you don't do it mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Once I had children... I became the primary caregiver. I was a stay-at-home mom, and that extended to the weekends. So I was still taking care of the home and the children and everybody. And But yet my husband would be like, it's the weekend. I worked all week. You know, I deserve to sit down and read the newspaper. I deserve to do this. And, and of course he did, but I was like, but if I don't get up off the couch, no one eats. If I don't, like... Get a stress, we don't get to church. If I don't, you know, fill in the blank, it doesn't get done. And so mm -hmm. I really started to feel over the years like this isn't fair. And I, I didn't, I couldn't even fathom how I could possibly make time for me to rest. What about you, Kimberly? Yeah, well, I, I don't know that there had ever been a huge shift because I never really experienced Sabbath in my childhood. Although Saturdays, I suppose, were sort of a day off, but my dad was working and my mom, um, she worked full time during the week. So come Saturday, she was like, it's time to clean the house and run errands. <laughs> so, um, and then once I got into adulthood, I worked weekends myself, um, as a nurse. So every other weekend I worked Saturday and Sunday. So I never, um, really had the chance to just pick a day and say, this is my day off. I could have done that during the week. But I honestly would have um, felt guilty about that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's definitely, I associate Sabbath with guilt. <laughs> um, and I, I feel, especially having married someone who thinks, like, a Sabbath is a day when you would, like, maybe build a shed in your backyard. Or, you know, every little project that you ever wanted to do is <laughs> reserved for Sundays. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, so there's sort of that level of guilt as well. Like, yeah. oh, my husband's working so hard right now and I'm sitting here reading a book, you know, and I can see him like sliding off the shed roof because he needs help <laughs> out the window. <laughs> there have been many, many weekends, uh, like that in our married life. So, um, kind of balancing that. Um, has been really tricky and having kids of course has been really tricky um, with sports and you know it just I feel like there's never been a really consistent Sabbath season for me although I do I do try um, you know but it's, it's definitely not a consistent thing for us as a family. Mm -hmm. Well I think that different people observe and qualify or quantify even Sabbath differently um, for example, I was saying, you know, anything that sort of smacks of rest to me is, is related to Sabbath. And I consider um, deep inside that being lazy. I mean, it's, a t it's ridiculous, but that is how I think. And I don't know where I got that whole, you know, what you are is, is what you do kind of mentality. But anyway, 
Um, I guess I, I, I'm curious to hear how we've got three different personalities here. How do we define Sabbath? So what kind of like what what would Sabbath mean to us today if we were taking it? I know, um, Kimberly Amici, you are, and um, and and how how are you observing it? So why don't we start with you? Um, so a while back, I read a book um, called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan, and it was fabulous. And obviously, it, it, I mean, it was great. I didn't, obviously, it didn't revolutionize my life right away because it's been years since I read it, and it's only recently that I started actually taking a Sabbath. But he defines rest as doing something that you want to do, not have to do. And... To me, that's the filter that I use because just ceasing of activity to me isn't always restful. Sometimes it is, but it's not always restful. Uh, I think, oh, if I could just take a nap, if I could just be by myself for a little while. And I'm an extrovert, so being alone by myself sounds good for a short period of time, but Mm. not for a full day. Right. However, when you're exhausted, when you haven't had rest, when you're constantly on the go, you think that that will solve everything. If I could just have a nap, if I could just be alone for a little bit, if I could just read my book that I want to read. But that was almost um, you know, a counterfeit expectation of what rest and Sabbath was in my life. So I started to wonder what it is that I really wanted to do because I do enjoy taking care of my family I do enjoy cooking meals and going to their sports games but there got to be a point when spending all day Sunday on a sports field or Saturday on a sports field was not restful to me it was fun and I would get to see my kids do sports and I would get to talk with other um, parents in our community and socialize but it wasn't what I would want to do if I could do anything. And then recently, I listened to a podcast from the Sort of Awesome show. It was episode 39 called Seeking Rest and Finding Delight. Mm-hmm. And the host, Megan Teets, got together with Kelly, and they talked about the Sabbath. Uh, a few years back, Kelly did a lot of research on the Sabbath and a lot of um, discovery for what it meant to her. And so she was just reinforcing this idea of doing the want to and not the have to. And it was shortly after that podcast that I was like, you know what, I really need to do this. And I still couldn't figure out how to make it happen on Sunday. We had tried a few times, but again, just too busy. Everybody still needed me to take care of them. And so I decided that I was going to try to do a Sabbath during the week when nobody was around. I mean, talk about guilt. I mean, you know, I use every single ounce of time during the week when my kids are at school to get stuff done. I mean, my mantra is like, I just have to get stuff done. I just have to get this done. I mean, I go from day to day just trying to stuff everything in into those 8.30 to 3 o'clock hours. But there was no way I could take a Sabbath any other day. I mean, it just didn't make sense on the weekends. And so how I got to where I am today is that you know, Mondays, I know a lot of people in ministry take as a Sabbath, but I tried that and there was no way. I mean, Monday's my day where everything, jump, it jump starts my week. So everything that I could possibly think of gets put on my to-do list. It doesn't get done, but it gets put on my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> and 
there was no way. Mentally, I couldn't take myself away from the things that needed to be done. Like the groceries needed to be stocked for the week. I needed to know where everybody was going. I needed to have carpools in line. Um, you know, and kind of that's a leftover from Sunday. Because for Sunday, coming home from church, I want to get ready for the week. What do, what do you have this week? What's on the calendar? Who needs what? What do you guys need for your lunches this week? And so Sunday and Monday were, were really my days when I would plan for the week. Anyways, I ended up landing on Friday because honestly, Friday is like the day when I naturally slow down. I feel myself, Friday's the day if you call me, oh sure, I'll blow off that project. Like there's not as much urgency to get things done on a Friday as there is on a Monday for me. So I just kind of said, well, why don't I look at my rhythms, my personal rhythms, my daily rhythms, and choose a day when it's easiest to take a Sabbath for me. It's still not easy. And from the standpoint of there's still that need to like produce and achieve and check something off my list. But I felt like Friday was the best chance I would have at actually stopping and resting. And so, yeah, I chose Friday. So basically I do my best to know ahead of time what I'm doing for dinner and let the kids honestly do whatever they want when they come home from school on Friday and then spend the hours that they're in school doing things that I want to do. Such as? Uh, well, going back to what we talked about earlier in the podcast about what are the things that you want to do but never make time for. And so immediately that's where I started. I started practicing my handwriting, which was just one of those seemingly frivolous things that I know a lot of people are doing. I see it on Instagram. It looks beautiful. And having an art background, I'm like, I can make beautiful letters, but I never made time to practice it. And so I started off by spending my first Sabbath. I practiced hand lettering. I read my book. I did do some errands, but it was not what you'd think. It was me going to Costco because I needed one thing, but taking my time walking up and down the aisles because I didn't have to be anywhere. Mm. I didn't have you know, something to get home to. And while I was there, I was like, oh, look, dinner, pre-made, great. This is coming home with me. And so just allowing myself to take my time and do those things. I also had a party that following weekend. So I created little things for the party. We were doing a wine tasting. So I created these tags and these quiz sheets. And again, that seems like work, but that's something that would always get put on the back burner that I always wanted to do for whatever event was coming up. I always wanted to spend the extra effort to make it creative. And I never did it mm -hmm. because it seems like it didn't have as much importance as, say, writing or editing or errands or whatever it is that I needed to be doing or that I thought I needed to be doing instead. Mm -hmm. And how's it been? Um, it's been great so far. Uh, I've learned a lot along the way. I think the biggest lesson that I learned, or the most surprising lesson I learned, was that, again, as an extrovert, having the whole day to do nothing by myself is not fun. So I think it might have been like the third or fourth Sabbath. I was like, okay, I have nothing to do. And literally, by the end of the day, I couldn't wait for my kids to get home. I was like, when is it time to pick them up? You know, I tried to read my book. I took a nap. I, like, found myself walking around the house like, okay, um, what's next? <laughs> it's, so funny. it's so funny to hear you talk about what your Sabbath would look like because, honestly, when you said you went to Costco, I was like, 
Costco is my grocery <laughs> maker. I would never in a million years go there on my so-called Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I just can't even imagine doing yeah. that. <laughs> so what would you do, Kimberly? Um, I would be, I would literally do absolutely nothing. The opposite. <laughs> I, I would do the opposite. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want, well, actually that's not true. It, it would be enjoyable to spend time with people, um, just for fun, which is so rare for me. Like just mm-hmm. actually having a good time with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my first choice where I really find that I, I actually feel rest is when I'm reading. So my first choice would be to sit with a book for like four hours or read the newspaper or watch a TV show. Like I can't, I watching TV to me is the guiltiest of guilty pleasures. (laughs) (laughs) I I always have to be doing something while I'm watching TV. So, um, to do it on a day where I can just sit and enjoy whatever the show is. Oh my gosh, that would be so restful to me. But there would not be an errand involved. There would not be children wanting things from me. There would not be any food. No, no. Someone will be providing me with food. Uh-huh. That would be a Sabbath. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's funny because everybody is so different. Like when I think of my husband, as I was saying before, he, the thought of him sitting down, I, I, on a Sabbath? Oh my goodness. It's just, those two things just do not go together in my mind. He has all these activities that he wants to get done or accomplish. And for him, it is restful to build something or to work on a house project because it, he gets to, his mind takes a different mm-hmm. mode rather, rather than work mode. He's in, you know, fixing a problem mode or mm-hmm. creating something mode. Um, and so we've had uh, quite a lot of tension over that in the 20 years we've been married um, because our Sabbath looks different. So um, trying to manage those expectations has been tricky. But, um, you know, I think we each need to find what it is, you know, what Sabbath means for us and, and give each other a little bit of grace in what that means, you know, for, for the other person too, yeah. you know, Definitely. and for our kids as well. Yeah, what about you, Elise? Well, I'm thinking, I think it's kind of a throwbacky idea, but I have thought about this many times, and I've done it a few times. Um, I love the idea of Sunday dinner, and I love the idea, so, so a restful thing for me would be to do something, prepare ahead of time for a meal that's very simple, um, you know, but big, like sort of like a, a big roast, or but you just kind of throw it in and let it go. And to really invite, I would love almost like an open house um, to really make that day a time when people can come by for dinner. Um, you know, dinner is served at, I don't know, 3 o'clock, like the old-fashioned Sunday dinner. Come on over. Or even if it wasn't completely open house, just choosing a few people to say, you know, this is what we're doing. I'd love you to come. If you want to bring something, great. If you don't, you don't have to. We'll, we'll have it all here. So that, I think, would be really, I'm not so sure it would be as restful, but it, I still love the idea. And maybe it wouldn't be me preparing a meal. Maybe it would be, you know. Potluck. A potluck or even just like an eggplant parmesan with a salad. Mm-hmm. Like, keep it simple. Or a stew. You know, yeah. something that's I mean, there's done. There's so things you can do ahead of time. That, are, that, that make, it easy. make yeah. it easy. Yeah. I don't want to make it all about the preparing of the meal because that, mm-hmm. that can get me tripped up. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it would, be, it would be gathering friends in my home, I think, that some way, shape, or form mm-hmm. and really feeling like, 
we've got the day. We've got the day and the evening, and mm-hmm. it's it's just hanging. And I, and I recognize part of what would stop me from doing that is um, that feeling of it's Sunday. It sort of gets me starting to think about the beginning of the week, and if I'm going to be in, in you know well prepared, I have to start thinking about that on Sunday. So that kind of robs me of that idea of Sabbath. But I don't know. You know, we're about to move, and maybe we can start some new traditions that. Um, that we have that we've thought about and haven't been able to do and plus we have children who are grown unlike you guys so well would you consider doing it like a friday friday night to saturday night like change the way you think of it like what day of the week it might be yeah i would consider that in fact i like that idea friday evening the only downside of that is a lot of people are not really available on friday evenings i find people mm-hmm. who are working in new york and all about that saturday they're kind of like yeah saturday would work so you could do brunch. Brunch is always easy. Yeah, it is. It is. But it's a little a scurry to me. A little scurry. I like the later later in the later day. Later in the day. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. prep I could time. Do that in a later day, yeah. Yeah, Saturday would be good. I could definitely do it on another day. I just love the idea of feeling comfortable uh, opening my home to people. Because I really do love people. I'm mm-hmm. definitely extroverted and love gathering people. I love people. I love my home, whatever that may be. Um, and I love when people come into it and, and relax and mm-hmm. connect. So that would be really a happy thing for me. Yeah, I, you know, I, if I can, I make sure that my Sabbath includes somebody else at some point. So last week it was a run with a girlfriend. You know, next week it'll probably be lunch with another friend. Just to have that kind of interaction. And then even when I don't have anybody that's around, because there was one Friday, I must ask 10 people to lunch, and I was like, but I can go, where is everybody? Um, I went to Starbucks, because I know that I can go down, and I can I can bring my cup of tea, buy a cup of tea, bring my book, and I guarantee you I'll run into somebody that I know mm-hmm. who will stop for 10 minutes and talk to me and catch up with me, because we live in a small town that that's wonderful to be able to have that luxury. So to me, that's necessary. So community is yeah. another part of Sabbath for you. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, for me too. Well, what do you think about... <laughs> Not for Kimberly. <laughs> Give me my book. My <laughs> man, this is hard. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny because I have, a, I have one child who is an introvert like myself, and he is exactly the same way as I am. Like, he wants a day off. Yeah. Where he doesn't have to go anywhere, see anybody. He just wants to sit around in his underpants. <laughs> I hope he never hears this, but yes, that is that is exactly what he would do. Or you know, he might hang out with the kid down the street, but it would be totally on his own terms. Yeah, and it would be something that you know they'd go into their fort in the woods, and yeah. you know there would. I, and it's just funny hearing you guys talk about it because um, yeah, you know, like, uh-uh, not me. engaging <laughs> versus disengaging. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's giving funny. me stress right. thinking of. <laughs> Eggplant Parmesan. I can't even what? Oh no! It would it would be made by somebody else, not by me. I have the best <laughs> eggplant Parmesan place in the world, so it would just be purchased. Don't worry about that. Okay, <laughs> okay that makes me feel. Yeah, a no, no. <laughs> mine, mine wouldn't be people all day. You know. Yeah. I do like coming home and sitting down with my book or my magazine, or just drawing or creating something. But again, I don't have children at home, mm-hmm. and I also am, when I'm working, I'm an editor, and it is solo work a okay. lot of the time, so. Yeah. So your biggest obstacle, what is it? Myself. Um, <laughs> the, my biggest obstacle is, I think for me, the idea that resting is lazy. Mm-hmm. That would be my obstacle. 
Yeah. For me, my biggest obstacle, there are two. One would just be the guilt associated with it, which I think kind of goes back to what you're saying, at least about it being a laziness thing. Um, And also the second thing would be sort of season of life. I've got three kids. None of them drive yet. And, you know, they're, they're busy kids and my husband's busy. So we've got a lot going on and to actually dedicate a date, a day, um, to rest would be, it's hard. It's just a real challenge for us right now. Like the activities are gearing down, right? So spring sports are over, school's over soon. Um, and summer looks different. You have kids that are going to camp and you have, um, a different pace of life. Yes. I think it, it's definitely would be easier in summer. Although we made, I, I wouldn't call it a mistake, but we made the decision that this summer, even though our kids will be done playing sports, um, two of them got a summer job. So um, they'll be working multiple times a week, and one of those days will be on the weekend, and I will be driving them back and forth to do that, uh, which is fine. I mean, you know, these, this is life. This is, yeah. this is what we do as mothers and wives. And um, so I need to do that, and that's going to be a responsibility on all of our parts. So they're going to be working for a lot of the summer. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a different, it's sort of a wrench in the works, but, um, my oldest will be driving soonish. So at the end of the summer, she'll be driving. So I'm hoping that will bring a little bit of relief. Um, you know, we can find pockets of time that will allow us to just be, just be. Yeah. (laughs) My son recently asked me, mommy, when do I get my Sabbath? Because he, I I think he's an extrovert, but he definitely values time, downtime, and he definitely values going to his room when he's struggling with something and just taking some time to himself. You know, he doesn't like going from thing to thing to thing. And unfortunately, he's the youngest of three siblings, Mm. and of my three kids, we play five sports in the spring, and so you can imagine... We literally are in the car. We have 10 minutes, and we have to get back in the car. And so one of the things I suggested, and we're still testing it out, so it may not be proven. I, you know, for, I'll give you an example. We had one Saturday where we had stuff going on, and I said, well, you can't just have a day where you do nothing. I wish you could, but you just don't. So what if you approach this day as the Sabbath? What if you said, what, what is it that you want to do? You know, what is it that makes you happy, that brings you joy? And I said, what if you bring your your book to a lacrosse tournament and a chair and you just say, I'm going to sit and do this because this is what I want to do. What if you approach that day knowing that, yes, we're going to be going to lunch and yes, we're going to be doing this. What can you bring in the car that you enjoy to do? Can you take a nap on the way there? You could take a nap at the lacrosse tournament for all I care. Like, what is it that you want to do and how can you say, I'm going to find rest in this busy day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've played around with it. He's nine. So, <laughs> so I don't have any um, <clears throat> way to measure yet how it's working. But I can see where that could even work for adults. Where you could pick the day mm-hmm. that is most likely to work for you. And just say, how do I approach this day as the Sabbath? Despite where I have to be. You know, sometimes I will go to... My child's 
sports practice, which they're old enough that I don't have to stay at anymore, but I will go and I will park and I will read my book because I know if I go home, I will clean. I will wipe the counter for the 20th time. I will pick up the mudroom. I will walk by somebody's room and feel the need to straighten it, or I will go into a cabinet to pull something out and find myself reorganizing the whole thing. So I know that if I get out of the house and I sit on a bench or sit in the car and bring something with me, and it'll be even be writing sometimes, like just intentionally using the space that my day presents to make it to, to find rest within it. Love it. That's beautiful. I love that. It's a great idea. Find Do you have any resources? Rest. Either of you have any resources that you use to kind of help you get in the Sabbath mode? Well, you're doing a study right now. I am doing a study. That's right. Um, I am doing Breathe by Priscilla Shirer. And um, it is actually, well, it is a study on Sabbath, like traditional Sabbath. It goes way beyond that to, again, having margin in our lives, um, I think, to be intentional, really. And also, she addresses, Priscilla addresses some of the um, have-to-haves really sort of addictions that keep us from rest, even like food or drink or, or shopping. What are the things that we sort of can't do without? That's one of the challenges that she gives us. Um, and there's a, there's a, a journal that goes with it. And, of course, I don't have enough rest in my life right now <laughs> to be journaling along with my little small group. That's, uh, so I, I, I'm not doing great in between the times that we do, uh, that we watch the video. But um, one of the things that Priscilla Shira used as an example was having too much of one thing, and what does that create? And she uses an example of belts. She's got one of those belt holders. She's got it up there on the stage as she's showing us all. And she's literally, like, flipping through them and how frustrating it is to get to the belt that she might even want and how many belts she hasn't seen in all these years so she doesn't really even know what she has and I think that is uh, a really great metaphor for my life which has too much of many things um, including too much too many to do's and too many yeses and not enough pauses to say, um, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? In my case, Lord, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this your best for me? So that's what I've kind of um, been looking at with, with this study, Breathe. And, um, and I'm very convicted. I, I, I don't breathe. And I um, have too much of many things, which I'm really seeing as I go through all of our stuff as we prepare to move. Um, I've, I've certainly, st right now I'm in a program, in a program, <laughs> in a recovery program of, no, I'm doing a, a challenge, a max fit challenge, so I'm not consuming more food than I need right now, um, and I'm, you know, there's things that are happening, there's, th there's changes that are happening, and I guess it boils down to more balance, you know, how do we get, Sabbath is, if we go back to what the Lord did, it was a balance. He created all these things. He worked so hard for six days and, and then on the seventh day to get back in balance, I assume, kind of putting words on this, you know, he had that day of rest. And I think we need the same thing, and I'm not good at it, but I'm definitely feeling like it's one of those neon sign times for the Lord with me. He's like saying, you need to pay attention to this. So, What about you, Kim? Resources? Um. Yeah, I I really like reading um, Shelley Miller. 
she has a blog. Um, I believe it's called Redemption's Beauty. Um, but I think if you Google her name, it'll come up. Actually, we'll have it in the show notes. You can look in the show notes. Um, but she uh, has done a lot of study on Sabbath and actually has a book coming out. I believe it's in the fall about observing Sabbath and what that means to her um, and her family. And she has um, started a community of sorts, I suppose, online called the Sabbath Society. And I don't um, necessarily ascribe to everything that she suggests or recommends, but she just has a very gracious way of talking about Sabbath. And so um, I get her newsletter, and every I believe it's every Friday the newsletter comes out, and she just gives an encouragement um, that really helps put me in mind, to be mindful. It helps me to be mindful that, oh, I've got two days coming up. Where can I find um, some time for Sabbath? Um, And I I found her to be really encouraging and not guilt-inducing, which is um, important (laughs) for me right now. Um, So I, I do read her newsletter and follow her on Instagram as well. I believe she has um, a Sabbath society hashtag that um, people can connect to. And um, yeah, I I found that to just be helpful in keeping me mindful. Yeah. Yeah. Another book that I read that I, I liked, I read it some time ago and definitely I'm, as we're talking about this now and as I'm back on my journey of Sabbath, I'm going to definitely reread some of these. It's Mudhouse Sabbath by Lauren Winner, and a lot of her writings really incorporates Jewish custom and uh, Old Testament intention, which I love, and she so she does talk a lot about the Sabbath and what it means and what it looks like for the Jewish people and how it can be translated into the Christian life. So I really enjoyed that book as well. And then, if anybody's interested, I've been talking about my Sabbath journey on my blog, how I got started, how it has changed, how I think about taking a day off, the surprising perspective shift that I've had, and the unexpected results of taking that one day a week to myself. And it's not always perfect. And so I talk about that in the blog, too, how I've had one that was a disaster. And then I had a one how nobody respected it because, you know, <laughs> mommy still ended up cooking dinner. And, you know, daddy didn't want to go out to dinner like mommy wanted. So <laughs> it's not, um, you know, all, all roses. It, it really takes a lot of intention. And I talk about that on the blog. How It takes preparation and it takes intention. And it just, it definitely doesn't happen. So, yeah. 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 I like your series. It's been helpful for me as well to kind of add that in, in addition to, you know, what I read from Shelly. Um, yours has been really encouraging to me because I think for, given our personality differences, for you, it's even harder to take a Sabbath than it would be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see you kind of wrestling with that, I think, wow, I, I can do this. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you can do it, I can definitely do it because I just want to lay prone on the sofa all day. So. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> oh man all right guys well this has been another episode um i've really enjoyed talking to you guys about the sabbath kimberly and elise would you both let me know where i can find you online sure i can be found at elisedailyparker.com and on twitter and instagram at elisedailyparker and if you really want to work a little harder on face on my Facebook page, it's elise daily parker dot editor dot writer dot coach. Oh. 
Um, yes, you can find me um, online at KimberlyAnnCoyle.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, which is my favorite place to be. It's K-A Coyle. And um, I'm on Twitter occasionally. Yeah. And um, Facebook, you could search my name, Kimberly Coyle. You'll find me there. And you can find me at KimberlyAmici.com on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Kimberly Amici, and my Facebook page is Living in the Sweet Spot. That's it for this episode. What you heard today can be found in the show notes. If you subscribe to the newsletter at circlesoffaith.org, you'll get the show notes, additional content, and resources delivered right to your inbox. Let's continue the conversation. We'd love to hear how you observe Sabbath, and if you do or if you don't, in our Facebook community group. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us. Also, let us know what you think about the show. We're on Instagram and Twitter as Circles of Faith. Thanks for joining us.